We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is another weekend your saturday crew is here we are all together alive and healthy it is a saturday edition of the pack a day podcast i am jason perone of of course, the Pack-A-Day podcast in Game on Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, another weekend, another show, a lot to talk about, but as we always do, we start with the weather report, and we had participation. We had quite a bit of participation in this particular week, and actually, as I always say, we go as far east as we possibly can, and that would actually be Paul Brettel, who has somebody who has chimed in from Germany. Yes, sir. So I received a message from Toby, so thank you for that, Toby. He is from, hope I'm pronouncing this close anyways, Leverkusen, where it will be 21 degrees Celsius, or about 70 degrees Fahrenheit for us, and he has a fun fact as well. Leverkusen is known for the chemical company Bayer, and the soccer club Bayer Leverkusen is, and that's the part-time hometown of Packer Equinemia St. Brown because his mother's from here. From wow. there, I should say. Not okay. Here. <laughs> okay. So there we go. So thank you for that, Toby. Here in Green Bay, it is 86 and sunny. I actually looked up the weather in Buffalo. Hope, hope not stealing anything from you guys, but it's supposed to be a nice day Saturday there as well. 86 and partly cloudy. So a nice day for some football. So we also heard from Mr. Scott Cameron out in Scotland who tweeted at me and said this week has been mostly sunny and dry. Highs of 23 Celsius, which equates to 73 Fahrenheit. They're having some nice weather in uh, Europe. Summer, But he says summer is almost over. The nights are drawing in, as they say, which means they're getting longer. Autumn is around the corner, but Scott is very excited, which because he said that means can only mean one thing, which is here comes another Green Bay Packers football season. Scott, thank you so much for your weather report from across the pond. And then we move into the mainland of the United States here. Paul gave the weather report in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin. Mark Eckel on the beach, East Coast. How are we looking? Well, down here in um, North Myrtle Beach, it's beautiful. Um, a little cloudy earlier in the week, but 
this week. The weekend's been um, your classic beach weekend, high 80s, sunny, um, nice ocean breeze. You know where I'll go, you know where, where I'm going to be when you're listening to this. Absolutely. <laughs> so as you're listening to this, just, you know, hold a proverbial one in the air if you're actually drinking one. Hold one up and for Mark as he's enjoying some sunshine and some I, beautiful I, I beach weather. I have a tough decision to, to, to that later today because the game's on a one, right? Mm-hmm. It's one early. Eastern, mm-hmm. noon, noon Central. So I, I, might have to, I might have to come off the beach a little bit to watch at least the first half. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the game because uh, who's playing is going to be the biggest one of the biggest questions as the Packers wind down as their first road game of the preseason. Thank goodness, especially with everything that's going on as far as travel and health is concerned. But moving out west into the – and again, I had a, um, got an outreach here from Harry on Twitter – and his at on Twitter is at Harry Ugly, which I think is always think is, is funny. And I can. So he's from Kamloops, Canada. And I don't know whether that's further west than Phoenix. So uh, he just he said another a beautiful day there. A high of 73 uh, and sunny with the high of 82 today. Supposed to get some rain. They've had some fires uh, lately up there. So that'll probably provide a little bit of relief there. But. Man, we got Germany, we got Scotland, we got Canada, we got the U.S. Guys, we're growing. I mean, when we start getting weather reports from the Middle East, and you know, maybe maybe if we can get one from Japan, and we've gotten Australia, Australia before. Yes, we have. You know, we've almost hit every single continent. It, we're really on the map. If somebody somehow can contact us, no one lives in Ant- Antarctica, but you know, they, then we would have every continent checked off. Well, almost. we'll save that for like near near Christmas. We'll get the North Pole report. There we go. That's right. From you know who. So here in the Phoenix area, as you can imagine, sunny, hot, up to 108 this weekend. So we're back to normal in that 110 range. We had a lot of reprieve with with, with the rains that were coming through, keeping us at or around 100. But it's 108. It's hot. It's sunny. It's dry. All the usual things you see out in the Phoenix locale. But I'm not going to complain because Packers football is right around the corner. And as you said, Mark, we have a preseason game to be played and we need to kind of talk about this you know what this game means to certain players certain position groups we have a little bit of Packers news and we'll start with that so wide receiver Devin Funches was released on Friday Uh, he was placed on injured reserve earlier in the week and the placement on injured reserve meant that the Packers would not be able to designate him for return they would have to release him uh, come to a medical settlement and release him if they had any intention of trying to bring him back which I would doubt is the primary plan. He would have to be released, clear waivers, go through you know all the other hoops that he, you have to go through before he could even potentially come back to the Green Bay Packers. So I guess let's start there with the Devin Funches news. I liked the performance he put together in the first preseason game, but this was not for one of the top four spots on the depth chart. It was, you know, when you're in the fifth or sixth, or I don't know if they're going to keep seven position. We've talked about it before. You got to contribute on special teams. Funches was absolutely not going to do that. Hasn't played much special teams, so I don't know if even if they did put him out there, if he was going to be a big contributor. But, Mark, you've harped on special teams all along, and I think that had a lot to do with this as well as the fact as, as he had an injury and the Packers had a decision to make. And so Devin Funches is out. And so on we go with the rest of the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, I think once they reacquired Randall Cobb, it was kind of going to be tough for Funches. I mean, you don't 
I mean, Cobb, once they got Cobb, you knew they were keeping Cobb. So that made you, that kind of made five guys locks, right? I mean, they weren't Adams, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, and Rogers, the third round pick. They weren't going anywhere. So that was five guys that, you know, and that's on a lot of teams, that's what you keep five. Sorry, right, maybe you keep six. But if Funches was going to be six, first of all, that's a lot of money to pay for a six wide receiver. And, Secondly, like you said, your your fifth and sixth receivers have to do something on special teams, and he wasn't going to do anything on special teams, and he's hurt again. So I mean, here's and yeah, it was it's see you later. I mean, I'm not going to worry about Devin Funches anymore. It would have been nice if he was the Devin Funches. I mean, he, we we talked about him numerous times on this podcast where we said you know he he does give them experience and he does give them some versatility and the size, but. You know, Cobb gives them all that as well, except for the size part. But Cobb, Cobb gives them more of that pure slot guy. So it's it's hard to have Randall Cobb and Devin Funches on the team with everybody else that they have, I thought, I think. Yeah, it's getting crowded. It's getting crowded over there. Paul, your take on Devin Funches and maybe give us a, your thoughts on the receiver position, how you think it might shape out. Are we still thinking they keep six? Yeah, as far as Funchess goes, the big even after his, you know, it was a it was a nice performance against Houston. But even after that, I'm sitting here thinking, if he's on the roster, when's he going to get the ball? We know Devontae Adams is going to get his, you know, share of targets, and we know Aaron Rodgers is going to target Randall Cobb heavily just because. Then there's Al Lazard, Valdez Scantling, Murray Rodgers is going to be mixed in. But then what about the tight ends? Josiah DeGuara, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, the running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. He's going to be utilized in the passing game as well. There's only one football to go around, and as the sixth receiver, for if Funchess would have been in that role, like I said, as nice as that performance was and it was a preseason game against backups, it was just even if he's on the team, how many, how many realistic snaps and targets can he get over the course of a season? The decision for the Green Bay Packers was always going to be, do you go with the higher ceiling from a receiver standpoint between like Funchess and Taylor or any, excuse me, or any other guys competing for that role? Or do you go for someone like Taylor who's more well-rounded as a blocker or special teams player? And when you're looking at your sixth receiver, it's more about the well-rounded nature, especially with all the pass catchers that the Packers have. Now, if the Packers needed a third receiver, this is a totally different story, but they, they absolutely don't. And so it, that was always the biggest question that I had. And to answer your question about the receiver position as a whole, Jason, I do think that they're going to keep six. I think it's going to be Malik Taylor. I mean, Jawan Winfrey's been out for like three weeks now. I don't see Reggie Begleton, uh, you know, making any sort of push in this last game. And then St. Brown, he's been unfortunately injured, and we just haven't seen much from him. But again, we talk about special teams. He has, I think, only like 50 career special team snaps over his you know, two seasons that he's played. He missed 2019, whereas Malik Taylor had 210 last season alone. So I just don't see a way that St. Brown's going to make his way onto the team. And they're not going to keep seven receivers for the reason that I already mentioned, because they already have so many pass catching options. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Malik Taylor had a, a nice play against the Jets last week against you know future grocery baggers of America. I understand that, too. But there's something to be said about guys who make plays when they're given an opportunity, regardless of that level of competition. Still football. And yeah, as long as Malik Taylor's not returning kicks, because he was the most he, he might possibly be. And, and Mark, you've watched a lot of Packers football, too. 
Malik Taylor might be possibly the most unspectacular kick returner I have ever seen this team put out there to try to return a kick. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know my thoughts on special teams. It's, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I hope I'm I, I hope I'm wrong. I really, I, I've never hoped I'm hoped to be wrong more than I I am now. But this special teams is a damn disaster. I mean, it's just it's, I can't believe how bad they are. They gave up another big play last week. Didn't tackle very well. It's still the same issues. Guys are getting the out of their lanes. Stinks. The punter stinks. Well, let's talk about that the real quick. Unit, the coverage units are not good. Uh, and I, you know what, Mo Drayton, Mo don't look any different, any different than Larry Curley to me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, well, there you, and we've, we've said that off air before, so I'm glad it finally made it onto a show. Let's talk about that real quick and, and kind of get that conversation out of the way because J.K. Scott was drafted in the fifth round. Anytime you're drafted in the fifth round, you're kind of set up for, for potential big failure in the NFL because you have a lot of expectations placed on you. Most punters you can find on the street. And there's some that turn out to be really, really good. But J.K. Scott has absolutely not been that at all since he has joined the team and was that fifth round pick. So we talked a little bit before we started recording because I, I thought back to 2016 when the Packers decided to let Tim Massey go at the end of training camp. And they brought up brought in Jacob Shum, and they had a, a pretty good season that year. And Shum didn't do poorly; he didn't he didn't kick poorly. But you you need somebody that can handle kicking in the elements. But Mark, you made a really good point too. You know, if you're third, fourth year in the league, and especially when the weather's nice, there's just no excuse to be putting up a 20, 30 yard punt in at any in any level of competition. 
you know, high school kids punt, punt 20 yards or more. Um, and I was a defender of Scott. I loved him in Alabama. I didn't mind that pick in the fifth round because they needed a punter um, or they thought they needed a punter. I mean, you know, he has a big leg. I mean, we've seen him, you know, we've seen what he can do. Problem is he doesn't do it consistently. I, I'd much rather have a guy who kicked 45 yards every punt. Mm-hmm. Every punt is 45 yards. Then a guy who kicks up 60 yarder and oh my God, look at what a great kick. Oh my, and out of bounds and everything. And then gets off a 20 yarder. I don't want that. I don't, I just don't want that. I don't, I hate inconsistency. And that's been, and that's been J.K. Scott's, that's where he's been inconsistent from the time he's gotten from, from Alabama to Green Bay. Um, I did a story earlier this week on if they were to replace him, who may become available. Um, I looked it up and there were, Seven teams that had two punters on their roster, as of when I wrote it, which was Monday. Uh, since then, the the um, the Raiders and Saints were t- two of the teams that had extra punters, and they both made cuts. The Raiders cut Corliss Waitman, um, who was with the Steelers in 2020 for a little bit. Uh, they brought him in, but he lost out to v- veteran A.J. Cole. Uh, Waitman didn't do much in preseason. That makes me want to sign him tomorrow um new orleans cut a rookie from syracuse uh nolan cooney uh again he was he was okay i mean he was kind of a 40 every one of his punts were anywhere from 42 to 46 yards um do i cut jk scott for him i don't i don't know i don't i don't think so but there's two teams to watch the two teams i'm, I'm looking at are the pittsburgh steelers who have veteran Jordan Barry, who's been pretty, who has been pretty consistent throughout his career. He's a, his his career averages around forty five point eight yards, um, forty one uh, yards net. He's, he's you know he's not he's not Ray guy. He's not going to be a Pro Bowl punter, but I think he's he's consistent. Now they they drafted the only punter who was drafted last last uh, this past season this past draft, and that's uh, Presley Harvey. Out of Georgia Tech, who he's now catch this for a punter. He's 5'11, 263. Oh, <laughs> I just want him because he's 5'11. Because he'd be the you know, he's, he's a big putter. And guess what? He's gonna tackle better than JK Scott, I bet, too. Um, so they're gonna cut one of those guys. And right now, um, I actually looked up what's been going on there, reading some stories out of Pittsburgh. Harvey's actually having a little better. They're both having decent preseasons. Harvey's actually having the better preseason. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, what the Steelers do, which one they pick. But if I'm the but if I'm the Packers, I'm keeping my eye on that situation. And if they cut the kid Harvey, I might want to bring him in. And if they cut Barry, the veteran, I might want to think about him as well. The other team, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say one of the reasons why I like the Pittsburgh angle too is uh, you assume that they brought they had these guys and and they brought them into camp because they they know that these guys might be able to kick a little better when the weather turns which is also important well, Barry to remember. Yeah, Barry I, I, he's been with Pittsburgh for I think it's his 6th year. What well, this would be his 6th year. So he's he's been around. Um Harvey we don't know cuz he's a rookie out of Georgia Tech. The weather isn't bad in Georgia Tech, but uh, but he's 5'11" 2. I just want to see this guy punt. I want to see a 263 pound punter <laughs> if nothing else. Um so that's the one. The other one is the Rams, who have veteran 
Johnny Hecker, who I believe is a like four-time Pro Bowl punter, uh, coming off an off year for him last year when he averaged 45.6 yards a punt. He's also a very highly paid punter. I believe his um, his cap number is like four point some million. So the Rams, who I believe they're not in great shape cap wise, may be looking to get a little cheaper. And they brought in I don't know how to say I don't know how to pronounce his last name Corey Boga Bogarquez. And my son, if I'm saying that right, but he was with Buffalo last year and led the league in punting um, with a 50.8 yard average. So that's pretty good. I'm 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 really looking at that one because if the Rams cut Johnny Hecker, you got a chance to bring in a four-time Pro Bowl punter. Um, you probably don't have to give him the four point whatever million that he was making with the Rams because he's he's going to be on the street now, right? And how many teams are actually looking for a punter? Uh, if he wants a chance to stay on a winning team, I think Green Bay would be a you know high on his list of teams to sign with. And if they don't, if they decide to keep Hecker and cut the other guy, well, you got a guy that averaged fifty point eight yards a kick in Buffalo, and to get to your point, Jason, that's Buffalo weather is very similar to Ooh, Green Bay yeah, weather. Yeah, it's right? way up there. Yeah, that so, you. I, this is major kudos to Mark Eckel. I don't know if anybody is going to find any better numbers and research on punters around the league than we just well, did right you. here. That's that's. Well, I wrote this on it, and, and I'm doing all this work, and I hope people, somebody appreciates it. Absolutely. I, I don't usually work this hard anymore. <laughs> well, it's a sneaky thing, though. It's field position. It's a field position. No, at the, it's, you know, it, it's field position at the end. At You know, that's what it does for you, and if you screw it up and you shake and kicks in a big game, and it's, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you're, you're, you're letting the other guys start and if, especially if your other special teams can't cover and they give up a 10-yard return, all of a sudden you're back in midfield. 10? I'd be happy with a 10. Well, yeah. Well, I, you know, unfortunately, the bar – and that's that's the problem, is that our bar for special teams and tolerance is so low because of what we've seen recently that you just you, – you don't you don't really want to see it. Paul, before we move into the, the meteor parts of the roster, any thoughts on the punting game? If it's a special teams, it's still an important part of – of of the game, and I mentioned the whole Jake Shum thing a couple of years ago. It didn't derail the Packers, but anytime you make a change like that, you know that's also potentially the holder and such, and that could potent- that could that could have an impact. Yeah, I mean that was really well done by Mark. That's why you subscribe to Packer Report, folks. Uh, I mean I don't have any any better insight than that or anything close to that. But I'll just say that I have no issue with them looking at adding a new punter or moving on from Scott. A 21-yard punt in the regular season, the second half of a regular season game, that's a reason why you can lose, and you do not want to lose because of your punter. No, absolutely do not, and let's hope that it doesn't come down to that. Like you said, special teams, I'm just crossing my fingers every time they have to do something except for Mason Crosby kicking a field goal because you know that's probably going to go pretty well. But See, I'm, we... I'm to the point now where I want to just go for it every fourth down. <laughs> fourth and 17, go for it. Why don't you go for it? Go for it or kick a field goal. If you're in field goal range, let, let, let Crosby kick the field goal. If not, just, just go for it. Yeah, well, and the other the other thing, too, is this look on these kickoffs and all that kind of stuff. Can't you just kick it out of the back of the end zone? Like, just kick it out of the back of the Most end zone. Most of them do. Most of them are doing that now. Don't try to – don't even try to – I mean, unless you just biff it. But uh, Mason Crosby either – he doesn't have the leg, and then, you know, you don't want to have to keep a second kicker. On the on the roster, but maybe they also want a punter who's a little better that. as a punter and that can also kick off and bury the thing deep. Well, you know, and you, I think you brought this up last week or the week before, Jason. That's how you know how bad the Packers' return game is because 
kickers don't kick into the end zone against them. They kick it to the one, knowing that they're not that they're not going to get a twenty four yard re- return. Not when it's Malik Taylor. That's correct. Not just Taylor. It's been. I mean, they haven't had a good kick returner. Irvin looked like he was going to be okay, but then he kept getting hurt. Yeah. So hopefully Amari Rogers does okay this season. I haven't really seen him really flash much, but he's not, everybody's he's he young. Wasn't that good at Clemson. He was okay. I mean, you know, he was just okay at Clemson. He didn't yeah, I think that's important to note. He wasn't explosive like this big explosive kick returner. He'll provide hopefully like stability right. and someone who someone who can yeah can field the punt and you know maybe average a seven eight yard return something like that. But I wouldn't expect him out there. Or my expectations aren't things going to be out there you know, ripping off 30, 40 yard runs, bringing back three, four kick returns a year. He's just hopefully provides stability and reliability. I would have, I would put Randall Cobb back there before. Yeah. So would I, before I'd put Taylor or someone else back there. I mean, even, even Kylan, well, even Kylan Hill, I mean, he's got a lot of speed, but I, I mean, I, I don't have very high expectations yet until I see something. And again, you can't put it all on the return guy. I mean, you could bring Desmond Howard back. Right. But if there's no blocking, he's not. I mean, if three guys are on him as he catches the ball, there's nothing. I mean, he's not going anywhere either, right? I mean, it's it's schemes and it's and it's block and you know it's getting. I don't know. Just it's amazing that every year we talk about this. Yeah, Mike Benson, Michael Benson, put up a great article about Desmond Howard and the, and how he almost he was on the roster bubble and almost may not have made the '96 Packers team. It's up at Game On Wisconsin if you want to go check it out. It's really cool. He 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 does articles where he look, looks back on the history, and it was the preseason of Desmond Howard because Howard had a hit pointer, and he wasn't playing much in the preseason. And then that preseason game against the Steelers, he took one to the house about 73 yards, and I think that was what helped get him cemented onto the roster. And lo and behold, he becomes a, a very key player, and he ends up getting an MVP in a Super Bowl, and he ends up helping the Packers win a championship. So Yeah, because when, when they – I'm sure this is in the story. I haven't read it yet, but – um, when they signed Howard, it wasn't just to be a return guy. They thought he was going to help the receiving game mm-hmm. too. Ron yep. Wolf, Ron Wolf always liked him. He liked him coming out of college. Um, I'm not sure. I think Howard might have gone off the board right before the Packers picked that year, and they took. Buckley. I feel like that happens to the Packers every single season. <laughs> well, it happens a lot. They were one pick away um, from you know landing X Y Z Hall of Famer, but they wound up getting Howard. But as it turned out, Howard was not worth I mean he was he turned into be a very good return man but he was a marginal wide not even marginal he was a bad wide receiver to be honest let's be honest he was not a good wide receiver and that's why the Redskins eventually cut him and Green Bay said oh, you know we'll, we'll bring it's not going to cost us anything now to bring him in but they were hoping he could be like a third receiver that year or third fourth receiver and he wasn't making the team as a receiver the guys I forget who else was on that on that team besides Freeman and Brooks um Oh, Don Beebe. Derek Mays was, uh, yep. Yep. Terry Mickens. Terry Mickens, right? So he wasn't making the team as a receiver. But like you said, when he had that great return against the Steelers, they said, "Hmm, okay, maybe he's worth keeping as a fifth receiver and and return guy. Yeah, the Packers are going to need some special, I mean, you know, pun intended, special teams, special players, something special, something. Something to improve. something Something to improve that area because it just, I just don't want to see it become the, the big problem, but one area where the Packers don't have a problem, at least right now, is at quarterback. Unless you talk to Paul Brettel, and maybe we should start with you, Paul, because it's a quarterback controversy as far as you're concerned. I know until it it ain't over until it's over. 
And so you have one more. <laughs> we have one more preseason game coming up here at the quarterback position. What are you expecting to see in Buffalo as the Packers fine tune and get ready to kind of carve out the bottom of their roster? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback. But as far as, you know, just revisit the the two quarterback, three quarterback. I know we talked off air, but to, for our listeners in, in terms of has your stance changed on what the Packers might do when they come up with their final roster early next week? Uh, no, you guys all know I, I am a big Kurt Benkert fan, but for a team that's all in as the Green Bay Packers are, that a, that roster spot can be better spent elsewhere than on a third quarterback. You know, a special teams contributor, a sixth receiver, the fifth safety, fifth linebacker, wh- wherever it ends up being, it can be better spent elsewhere and someone who's going to contribute. I I'm not going to sit here and completely rule it out because – the reason where it could make sense is not for 2021, obviously, but as we all know, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers' future holds. And if the Green Bay Packers like Kurt Benkert enough that they want to keep him around as a backup to Jordan Love, then that's, at least in the way I see it, where the move could be justified. I don't expect them to. I'm not advocating for it for the reasons I just mentioned. But if they did, that is what I would guess the motivation would be. Nothing for 2021. But they like him enough to say we want this guy backing up Jordan Love in 2022 in case Aaron Rodgers is gone at that point. Uh, But the fun news about today's game is that Jordan Love will be playing. I know at the time they were recording this, the Fleur, the Packers, they haven't officially commented on that. But they did release quarterback Jake Dogala. So if Love wasn't playing... There would only be Kurt Benkert, which you can't go you can't go into a preseason game or any game with one quarterback. So Jordan Love is going to be playing today. I wrote an article over at Dairyland Express on Friday where noting what one, one thing that we want to look for. We know we want to see him go through progressions, footwork. And after his debut against Houston, Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, they were all very complimentary of Love, as he should have been. It's a very encouraging performance. But what they all noted was they want to see him let it rip. And by let it rip, that doesn't mean just heave it downfield. Like I said, we want to see him go through his progressions. We saw Love uh, find Jay Sternberger up the seam. We saw him on that miscommunication with, I think it was Patrick Taylor, on that fourth down. He heaved it up downfield to Devin Funches. So he did push the ball downfield. And like I said, we don't. that doesn't mean just let her fly. What I believe that means, what they're getting at, is that the Houston Texans, as LaFleur pointed out, they played either man coverage or Tampa 2. That was it. There were no wrinkles, very basic defenses. And what they want to see Jordan Love do or wanted to see him do in that situation was with those basic defenses, should know absolutely where to attack. And there was some hesitancy on Love's part, which, again, this is to be expected. It was literally his first real NFL game. So this isn't anything to be worried about or concerned about. But that was a very... Uh, Something that Lafleur and Hackett pointed out, both of them on separate occasions, that they wanted to see Love do better was to let it fly, let that sucker rip. I think were uh, Matt Lafleur's exact words. So that's something to keep our eyes on today in this game. Does he play with a little less, um, little less caution while still obviously making sure he's good footwork, going through his progressions? But when he knows what the defense is doing, knowing where those soft spots are, just being aggressive and finding his receivers in that in the, on that play is going to be something to keep our eyes on. And I don't know how long, but it sounds like a lot of the Buffalo Bills starters are going to be playing both offense or defense. 
So this is going to be a good test for this Green Bay Packers team. And I'm guessing with their defense, which is a, a solid defense, we're going to see some more creativity, I'll say, in the defensive scheme. So that should be a good test for Jordan Love as well. Yeah, as far as that goes, anytime you get a high, high caliber level of competition, the Bills are really good. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. So they've got a lot of really good players and a bunch of young players. I think they've got a couple of really good defensive linemen uh, that are young that are going to test our some of the some of the young offensive linemen, Rice Newman, Josh Myers, uh, you know things like that too. Mark, what's your take on the quarterback situation as far as two or three, and are, and are, and are you in agreement with Paul? Or are you looking for anything in addition to what he said from Love? No, I think Paul kind of wrapped it up pretty good, and I agree. Yeah, you you can't keep three. Um, I mean, I just went on a tirade about special teams, unless. Unless Paul's buddy can can cover picks and <laughs> punt, maybe then 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 I'm all for keep. If, if he could be a punter, you know. Remember back in the day when quarterbacks were punters sometimes and stuff. You know, you know, you guys aren't aren't old. I was gonna say I don't. You only have to think back to Cordell Stewart. He did it with the Steelers <laughs> once in a while. Randall Cunningham punted. Oh, yep. that's true. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, yeah, you, you can't. And and even I'll, I'll I'll say this: if if they really are looking to next year. Benkert might be available. Next. I mean, if they cut him and they allow the Falcons pick him up as for a team since they lost their backup, um, there's no there's no guarantee that he's going to be on the Falcons again next year. He's only he'll probably be on a one year deal. And you know, try, you know, what I'm saying it's, mm-hmm. you you can't you can't cut you know a guy that can help you on on a on a special teams that needs all the help it can get to keep a third quarterback that. Isn't even a guy, is, is not, you know, an undrafted guy that's been that's bounced around a little bit. Now, yes, he did look great. The only way he makes it is if, God forbid, Jordan Love gets gets hurt again and wouldn't be able to play um, against the Saints if if needed. You know, so yeah, no, so I'm 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 only keeping it two. And I think you know if he makes, hey, listen, if another team picks him up, good for him. You know, great. That's mm-hmm. great. That somebody pick and he, and, he'll, and he'll make a lot more money on on the roster than he would on a practice squad. Um, the chances are he'll make it back to the practice squad, and that would be the, that would be ideal. Um, as far as love, everything Paul said, yeah, I want to see, I want to see him let it rip, like the coaches said. I want to see him, and I'm glad the Bills are playing um, some starters. And again, I don't, I don't think they'll play more than a quarter. But um, Josh Allen's playing too, quarterback. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is he vaccinated yet? <laughs> don't know. I'm just, just asking. Is he good uh, friends with his friend, with his uh, teammate Cole Beasley or not? That might answer well, that question. Alan, as, as of whatever, wasn't. But um, the Bills are good. Like I said, the Bills are a good team. Now, are the pack? Here's my question. Now, the, the, the preseason game one, the Packers sat 30 players, probably all of whom were going to be on the 53, or most of whom were going to be on be on the 53. Preseason game two, they sat. 32 players, I believe. If Love is playing, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see the first team offensive line out there, or as much of it as possible. And I'd like to see, I don't want his receivers to be Malik Taylor and Reggie Begleton as the star. I'd, I'd like, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be Devontae Adams, but can I at least get, you know, Alan Lazard and MVS out there maybe? Or I think you're, I think that's very wishful thinking. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, so it's hard to, to me, it's going to be hard to judge Love if he has, you know, guys that are going to be getting cut on Tuesday going against the Bills starters. I mm-hmm. mean, again, it can only be good. That's what I'll say. If, if Love, if Love with a 
with some backup offensive linemen and backup wide receivers plays well and puts up decent numbers against a team that, you know, a, a defense that went to the AFC championship game last year and can very well be the AFC champion this year, then wow, that's that's impressive. If he doesn't do well with backup wide receivers and backup offensive linemen against that Bills defense, I'm not going to say, oh, God, love this album. He's terrible. No, because it's not an even playing field right now if, if that's the case. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a chance to play against starters is is important. And you're right. I mean, obviously, you don't want him to get be getting pummeled. But it's the decision making and and can he hit some of those deep balls? But, you're, you know, do you have the level of caliber of, of players out there that can get deep and, right. can, and can get open? Like this is a lot of a lot of catch 22 with regards to the Packers. I mean, they're taking they're taking it easy and they're definitely protecting some of their starters. And I don't know if this has anything to do with. You know how they foresee week one going and if they feel like they've got a a pretty good chance to play well in New Orleans against the Saints. And so they're not as worried about a lot of their starters not having taken game reps. I don't I don't think they're that it's going to be as as bad. I, I think they'll be fine in week one. But as far as the quarterback position goes, yeah, there's just too many other needs, too many other needs. And I was going to transition us to defense. Uh, oh, I guess we got to talk about the offensive line. Because and, and Marcus, you made a good point about the starting five, which aren't, they're not all going to play. But I also Josh Myers. When when Josh Myers went on the fan this week, he said that there's a he doesn't he hasn't been told whether or not he's going to play, but he would assume that he's playing. So Josh Myers, and then if you consider Royce Newman as as still in, in competition for a starting role, which I don't know if he is, he's going to oh, play. Yeah, definitely. He's going to. It's Newman, uh, Runyon, and Patrick are vying for the two guard spots. So we're going to see a lot of those three. Okay, so the interior will be starting starting quality players. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jenkins and Turner, I'm sure, will be sitting just as they have been. Well, is Kelly still hurt? Yep. Yep. So it's going to be Neiman and, and Braden. Yep. 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 Just like last week. Yep. Well, let's <laughs> hope the Bills. Let's hope the Bills. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully they're not trying to work on all their blitz packages on Saturday. On, you know, let's just let's just Baker hope that might, Baker might make the fifty-three. <laughs> well, there I was mean, some we, talk. There was there was hard to tackle. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say we know about the interior line. We've talked about that a lot. But what do you guys think about the tackle position as far as who they keep for depth? Because with Braden out of the mix at guard, you know, presumably that means that. The three guys that I mentioned, Runyon, uh, Newman, and Patrick, are all better than him. Then when Bakhtiari's back, Jenkins is going to move back inside. So best-case scenario for Braden is he's the fifth-best guard. So that's that's not good enough. So is he going to have to prove himself at tackle? And then what about Dennis Kelly? What about uh, Yash? Where do they fit into that as well? I could see Kelly being put on the active roster right away, the initial 53, and then transition to IR. So he can return at some point, depending on the severity of his injury. But that backup tackle position and then throw Cole Van Lannan in there as well, a rookie six rounder, you know, playing guard and tackle. I guess, Mark, what what are your thoughts on that backup tackle position specifically? Because there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Kelly was known. He was a you know, that was I like that signing. He was a veteran, Mm -hmm. uh, played a lot, played in a lot of games, played in playoff games. Um, I thought he was a perfect Backup tackle. I mean, I remember when they signed him. Some people wanted him to start and kick Turner back inside. No, that was no, that was silly talk. Um, but as a backup, Dennis Kelly is a 
about as good as you're going to get at this point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, that's a good backup tackle for a team got, looking to win this year. But now he's got guard oh, experience too, not a yeah, ton, but you're some. Right. True. They don't, yeah, you're right. But I think the Packers needed a backup tackle. They, I think they're right. They're more than fine at guard, especially when Jenkins moves back to guard. But um, how bad is his injury? I'm not. I mean, I'm hearing he's hurt, but is it like bad hurt, or is it just like it's preseason, so we're sitting him out? I don't know. I just saw a video of him Thursday working out with Bakhtiari on the side and see he was running and doing all that kind of stuff. It's something with his knee. I just don't know what specifically. Because, I mean, if if they do what, what, what you suggested, which isn't a bad idea, um, then he's out. He's, he's out a minimum six weeks. Is it? I mean, is it that bad of an injury that he's going to be out six weeks? If mm-hmm. it is, then if he is, then by all means, that's what you do. Um, but if it's only like a couple week thing, then maybe you, you just you put him on to fifty three, and he's just not dressed in the opener. Now keep in mind, they, you know they. I always thought nine offensive linemen is the, the right number to keep. But being there, if they only keep two quarterbacks and they only keep three running backs, mm-hmm. and they're down to six receivers instead of maybe seven, like some we we thought maybe, you can get away with ten lots, especially with back. If back Diori's not going to play the opener and I thought Aaron Rodgers's quote was pretty interesting did you guys see that uh what was it somebody asked um Rodgers if he's okay how how the line looks because um you know without back the Ari out there and because and, and he may not not play against the Saints and Rodgers looked over to the P- PR guy and said back the Ari's not going to play against the Saints <laughs> I missed that <laughs> um so who knows back the I I'm not counting him out until I see the the in inactives that after that morning or late afternoon or early whatever whenever they announce him, um, and 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 he's on it because I'm I just don't count that guy out of anything. Um, but getting back to the point of tackle, I thought Neiman was awful against um, Houston. Houston, he was better against the Jets, so. <laughs> Let's. I mean, I guess he's one of the guys that you got tomorrow. He's playing for a job. Him, Braden. Um, yeah, Van, I mean, Van Lannan. Van Lannan. See, Van, Van, Van Lannan is interesting because, and you know him better than all of us, Paul. Is I, I remember when the Packers drafted him. I talked to scouts about each, about each pick, and that was the word on him that I I remember was very raw, mm-hmm. a lot of upside. You know, stick him on the practice. Could use some strength. Him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stick him on the practice squad for for a year, and you'll have and like kind of even say like that, that's a good team to draft him, Green Bay, because they're not going to need him. Put him on the practice squad for for a year, let him get bigger, stronger. You know, watch the game, learn, and you know, next year when you have some free agents or whatever, he'd be a perfect guy to move in. So, do you think? I mean, do you think he gets to the practice squad? Yeah, since uh, yeah. So before camp started, that's where I've had him on the practice squad. I right. think he could really benefit. The two big things for him are working on his pass protection. He's a very good run blocker. Um, and then just adding some you know, functional NFL strength. So I think a year there would do him really well. I agree. I, I'm with you on that. Well, I also think the Packers are counting on whether it's smart or not. They're, they're basically counting on Elton Jenkins, even though he's going to play guard when Bakhtiari comes back, as a tackle. Yeah, he's your <laughs> third tackle. Yeah, I mean, if if back to if you know if, if we whatever back to Ari's back and his back to and Turner with Jenkins and let's say Newman and Myers if if that's your starting five and Turner you know twists an ankle 
and has to come out for, you know, that, that, that the rest of that, that game, say it happens in the third quarter. So he has to play the second half. I think they, I don't think they would necessarily put Kelly in or necessarily put Neiman in. I think they would put Jenkins back. They would put Jenkins at right tackle and bring in, you know, Runyon to play guard or whoever the backup guard happens to be at, or, you know, Patrick, whoever they're, they're very, they're deep at guard. So Jenkins moving to tackle, which I think we all think is going to be his future position, right? Mm-hmm. So once yeah, Billy Turner, you know. <clears throat> I think third tackle isn't as big a need as we're making it out to be because the third tackle is probably out in Jake. Well, if Dennis, just, I'll just say this, if Dennis, cause you asked Paul about level of concern, if Dennis Kelly isn't a long-term injury. So if your IR prediction is correct, because I think it's IR is three weeks uh, ma- a minimum, correct? Oh, it's only three now. I'm sorry. I yeah, it's from last year. Yeah, they kept that. So, but so so that's okay. I guess if it's not long term and he's and he can come back within the first quarter, you know, fourth or fifth week, that's fine. If he can't, I'm concerned. Even with Elton Jenkins and his Swiss Army knife and the fact that I believe every 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 belief in David Bakhtiari to play as soon as he's ready, I still am just. I'm just worried about it, but I think I think that's also probably still some PTSD that I have from the NFC Championship game, and I just it's not about right now; it's about three months from now. The thing with Kelly is, if the Packers weren't going to, you know, reading tea leaves like we love to do, if the Packers weren't going to put him on the 53 man roster, wouldn't he have been placed on IR already? You know, it's kind of like what they did with Funches, where right. it's mm-hmm. Redman, where it's just like, okay, we're just going to move on at this mm-hmm. point. So the Packers but are definitely not. trying to feel it out. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's why I didn't think Kelly's injury was that severe. And maybe it's not. Maybe he'll be ready to go. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> but there would be like some tough decisions because well, who's say, getting cut? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Say they keep nine. Let's just do okay. that to start. I think you know. I wrote an article. They should keep Lucas Patrick. I know that's. Oh, a, I agree. Yeah. Well, obviously, if he's in a mix to start, you're keeping. Right, so there's seven. If we consider him a lock, there's seven. Bach, Jenkins, Turner, Myers, Newman, Patrick Runyon. So Van Lannen, Yash, Braden, and Kelly. You can keep two of them. Who are you picking? Kelly. Which, Kelly for sure. Unless, you, unless, Which, you, unless you, they do what you say and put them on the IR. Then would you, you take like... That, then you can keep two of them three, right? Yep. Would you keep like Braden yeah. over Yash then for his versatility? Yeah, Or would, would you like another true tackle? Yeah. I think that's where I tend to lean as well. Or you keep both of them and put Van Lannan on the practice squad. Right. That's if you keep 10, yeah. No, no, no. I'm putting Kelly, oh, Kelly on, on the IR. Oh, yeah. Then Yash is absolutely on the roster. Then then, yep. then I keep Yash and Braden yep. and put Van Lannan on the on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the most likely. I think Van Lannan easily gets back on the practice squad. I don't, I don't see, I any, I don't see any, any risk there. The, the thing to keep in mind with that is – because I know we all have that player or two that we worry about making it, a team has to sign them to the active roster. Right. They can't just poach them and put them on right. their practice squad. Right. They have to go on the active roster. And so for a team, them. yep, yep. So if for a team that's never, you know, other than some film of Van Lannan's, you know, 60 preseason snaps that he has, that's all they have to go off of. To, and they would have to boot someone off their own 53-man. Right. That's why it's such a, you know, Benkert might be the exception because it's quarterback. And quarterback just, you know, that position goes by different rules. But receivers, offensive linemen, that's, it's it's uncommon. It's all, or a high draft pick. Right. If yeah, yeah, was a third-round pick, that's yeah, fair. somebody might yeah. say, damn, we were going to take him in the in the fourth round. And, they, uh, well, yeah, we'll sign him. You know, we'll take him. But not a sixth-round pick because teams had – 
he was a late six round pick. So teams had mm-hmm. six chances to take him. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah, I think he's safe. I think he ends so, up being so being I, safe. I, I mean, I think we solved the problem. Well, there hopefully, hope, well, you know, Goody and Lafleur are listening. Mark, to this. why don't you? Yeah, Mark, why don't you text Lafleur for us? Yeah, they're listening. Well, I don't. I don't have. I. I. I, I deal with with, with Goody. I don't deal with. Them. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> high level, high level, Paul. Yeah. Get it straight. High level. Yeah. Yep. So, just real quick, cool. because because we've you know we've had a healthy discussion, and a lot of it was centered around special teams and the offense. I was just going to ask you guys in general, without going position by position, on the defensive side of the ball, because we haven't talked about the defensive side of the ball. We talked a little bit about the secondary and the linebackers, the linebacker position. I think those are the two to focus on here in terms of the defense and what the Packers might do, because that's where the battles are, and that's where you decide what you're going to do. So maybe we start with the defensive backfield. So in corner, you've got, you know, Shamar Jean Charles, you've got Kavion Ento that are fighting for a spot. Right. And then in the at the safety position, you've got Henry Black, Vernon Scott also as far as, as that those position goes. And I think Black and Scott are probably in pretty good position to round out the safety group. But what do you guys I guess why uh, Mark will start with you as far as the secondary goes. I mean, have, have any of your thoughts changed? I mean, obviously, Josh Jackson's out of the mix now, so he's not there. He was never in my mix. No, okay. <laughs> no, but not even for special teams now. So that opens the door. That opens up the door. So are you a you know big Ento fan or Shamar Jean Charles hasn't really looked good on defense necessarily. So I don't know what they have him pegged for a special teams role or not. But that's that's where I think is I, that's what I'm going to be looking at is who's where's the depth on the secondary. Well, I, I think you left out the guy that's the key to to make the, the, the special teams. You had that's him. the guy. The guy they got from the Giants. You had him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he makes it. I really do. Do you think um, seven cornerbacks are taking Ento's spot? He might take Ento's spot. Ento uh-huh. was not good. I mean, we we were talking him up, and then he played well against Houston, but he was really bad against the Jets. We should probably talk. Mm-hmm. We should probably stop talking guys up so they don't play so bad. <laughs> but Ento's a guy. I think um, it, it, isn't Ento another guy that you that I I think Ento would make it back on the practice squad if he doesn't get kept. Probably. I mean, I'm in the, keep seven. I don't know. I'm in the opposite. I, I think there's a very real chance at seven because I would be. I'm not going to Sharpie Ento in, but I, I would take I him like ahead of Yadam at this point. Well, I think on defense, he's ahead of him. Mm-hmm. But like we were saying earlier about yeah, they need fair. a special teams guy. They need a guy. <clears throat> I mean, again, I, I always do this. I always you know, go back to when I covered the Eagles. The Eagles had one of the best special teams under John Harbaugh for years and years and years. Harbaugh was a special teams coach. They were one, two, or three like every year in special teams. And they had a guy, Ike Reese, who was a backup linebacker, got in maybe a handful of defensive snaps a game. A handful. But he was the special, and he knew his role. He got, he, you know, the other special teams, he was a not just a captain of special teams, but he was a guy that, you know, he was the Donovan McNabb was the was the was the offensive leader, and Brian Dawkins was their defensive leader. Mike Reese was a special. I mean, he was he carried the same clout that those two guys did in terms of his guys. And you need a guy like that. You need. And I'm not saying the guy this, you know, the guy from the Giants could be that guy, but he is a guy that's played a ton of special teams. Um, the Packers need somebody, and maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Orrin Burks. Maybe it's I don't know who it is. Mark Eckel, did you think there was a chance on? August 27th, that you were going to be talking about Oren Burks. <laughs> well, only on special teams, yes. <laughs> I, 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 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, they need it. I, I, again, I harp on special teams every week because I'm having this, I have this nightmare that in the NFC championship game, it's not going to be a team running for 300 yards and it's not going to be a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. And it's going to be a punt return or a kick return or a fumbled punt or a bad punt or something. And that's why they're going to lose to the Rams in the NFC championship game this year. <laughs> I just, I just had this terrible nightmare. Um, and I don't want to have it anymore. I want them to fix the special teams. Um, and, I, and I'm saying it, not that not this one guy is going to fix it, but I don't know. I'm getting back to, you know, can they keep seven corners? Yeah. And they, they just have to go. They can't, they can't go heavy everywhere, but they can't keep, you know, 10 offensive linemen and seven corners and six receivers and nine line. But I, I did, actually, I did yeah. a 53 man roster prediction and I kept right. seven corners and 10 okay. linemen. Where'd you go like that? I went with four edge rushers. Okay. I think I must have went four linebackers too. So you can't, so you went light a linebacker, which is yep. listen, it's going to come down to that. It's not mm-hmm. going to come down to um, who's the better corner per se. It's going to come back to is this is is Ento worth keeping over Garvin? Or or mm-hmm. or cross yeah. position. Yep. Right. You're they're competing for whatever position. You know, L two on the special teams or whatever positions they play. You know, what I'm saying that's what it's really going to come down to. Because your seventh corner isn't isn't going to play a lot of corner. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. How many times do you Hopefully go that not. deep a corner? Right. Unless there's a ton of injuries, and then and you, then you're going to have to have in trouble. And what if you're calling guys up for the break? Whatever. Um, so you did keep seven corners. Okay. How, how many safeties did you keep? Well, that's that was what I was going to say with safety was five because I, I keep hearing Uphoff is having a good training camp as far as special teams goes and that he may potentially – that could potentially be an area where they decide they want to keep a fifth guy and so it's not necessarily about a seventh corner or a fifth linebacker, but there's a, a fifth safety. And, Paul, you, were, you started to say five, I think, before I cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, five. You know, to me it's between gains and Uphoff yep. and – Whoever makes it, I'll, I'll get it. But the one thing I'll point out, because we always talk about special teams, according to Pro Football Focus, Innis Gaines has 32 special team snaps this preseason, up off as 18, so read into that what you will. Okay. And then edge rusher is another position. Mike Smith, the oh, uh, edge rusher coach, told us a few weeks ago, that fourth role is absolutely going to be decided by special teams. He mentioned that Garvin's looked really good defensively. He also mentioned that last year, not this year he's saying, but last year, Special teams play was a reason why, the big reason why, we didn't see Garvin on the field. So between him, Tipa, I mean, even Chauncey Rivers, again, going back to special team snaps, he has the most of those three. That's something to keep our eyes on as well. And then linebacker, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. I've even seen like Ray Wilborn getting some love recently. I think Andy had an article where he mentioned him in there as well. So it's going to be special teams, but those are the big ones to watch. Gains up off. Garvin, Tipa, Rivers at edge, and then Summers, McDuffie, Wilborn at linebacker. My only concern with that, and if they're better, great. If, maybe that's what they need, all these new guys to play special teams. Because like I said, people tell me they're going to miss Will Redmond. Well, miss him what? He, didn't, he wasn't, you know, he didn't show me a whole lot last year as a special team. Yeah, he was the best special teams player on the worst special teams in the league. Um, but I want, they're also young. I want at least one, and I'm all. I guess Burks Summers would be the guy that would be guys that have a little bit of experience, because um, you can't have all kids out there on special teams. That's that's just 
No. That's asking for trouble. You know, because mm-hmm. they're because they're kids. They're rookies make rookie mistakes, and if they're all out there, somebody's going to be in the wrong gap. Somebody's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to screw something up. You know, you need a couple guys that have done it. Um, and uh, I'm just so worried about special teams. It <laughs> scares me to death. <laughs> I guess the other way, if just score every time, and you won't have to punt. That's 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 another yeah, way. That is. To the punt. <laughs> Yeah, and going back to what you said earlier about going for it on fourth down, I mean, when the Packers are across, are across midfield, Matt LaFleur has shown that he is not afraid to go for it. Yeah. Which, which I love. I do too. Yeah, and I think the Packers, why wouldn't you? When you have the offense that they do, if Rodgers is playing well, you got Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, if he's on the field, I've said it a thousand times, if he's on the field, he's open. So if you need a couple yards, there's no reason you can't get it unless he had, and Adams just drops the ball. So now you didn't bring up one other spot. Um, I think there is a battle on the defensive line. Oh, yep. Yeah, oh, for right. sure. I think Jack, this Jack Helfen, mm-hmm. um, is is got a good chance to beat out Tyler Lancaster. I do too. Lancaster's hasn't been. He missed practice again on Thursday. I think he was back Tuesday, but then out again Thursday. So I mean, that's just not good. No, can't make the club in the tub. Well, we have <laughs> Tyler Lancaster is not bad, but I think we've also been kind of pining for them to replace him and find something a little better. So maybe they have finally. We'll see. Heflin, Heflin might be. I mean, I actually wrote a story about Heflin that's up on Packer Report now. I I talked to a current scout about him who said his team also liked him, but they liked him. They thought he was better, more of a three-four guy than a four-three guy, and his team played a four-three, so that's why they kind of they didn't go too crazy for him. Uh, but he also said, and this guy knows the Packers a little bit. He said, "Oh, he's a he signed with the right team. He's a Packer." <laughs> he said, "He you know he has that you know tough guy, yeah. you know, lunch pail. I think he called him a lunch pail guy that um, you know he works hard, um, he's smart, you know, and, he, and then he added in there. And the Packers love Iowa guys." Mm-hmm. You know who this I mean, guy is? I think, and 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 you guys know that I, I'm saying I'm complimenting him very much by by saying this. I think he's going to be when he gets you know in a couple years he's Dean Lowry. Well, I mean, I mean that in a nice way. I don't mean I don't. Well, yeah, that's good for an undrafted guy, <laughs> right? I mean, I think this guy can develop into that that kind of not as you know he's not a splashy player. He's not going to make no. big, but every once again he'll do some things. So he'll be a solid. I think this guy, this guy might have been a good find. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, the Pack, did you guys notice that the Packers have had an undrafted rookie on the on their fifty three man, the original fifty three man roster every year since two thousand four? Wow, I'm not really surprised. Time. I didn't realize I didn't realize it was that long. That's what uh, Upoff was interviewed this week. We met with the reporters and they asked him why he picked chose Green Bay, and he basically said because of the history that undrafted rookies have here. Yeah, I, I think two or three could be on it this year, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Between safe to safeties and and maybe this maybe this uh, Heflin. Yeah. Upgrade. Just get better. Just get better and pick the best players. I mean, that's that's the key. Next time we get together and we talk about this roster. We'll know who the final rosters are. I guess around the horn, as far as one final thought, any final thoughts before we go around the horn and talk about what we're working on this week? Mark, you mentioned a little bit of what you're doing at uh, Packer Report already, but what? any final thoughts ahead of the final preseason game or the final roster cutdowns? Um, just, I don't want to think about special teams. I don't want to not sleep at night. <laughs> we're not worried about special teams anymore. Do something. Fix the special teams. The agit is already, I mean, the, the pre-agit is kicking in. I mean, this team, when you look at this team, 
they're the, I, I'll say it again. I think they're the best team in football. I really do. I think they have the mm-hmm. in terms of talent. I mean, they have the best. They have one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best. They have the best wide receiver, the best left tackle, a great threesome. I'm not even going to say twosome anymore. Threesome in the backfield because Kylan Hill was a steal. You know, they have good backup. I mean, the second and third receivers are good now. They have a great tight end. The defense has gotten better, I think, at all three phases. I think the defensive line with, with the rookie Slayton looking like he's a, that might have been a real good pick, too. Campbell and Barnes, inside linebacker now, probably the best duo they've had in, in years. The second, we, just, we just went over how deep the secondary is. It's a really good team. But all it takes is a couple screw-ups uh-huh. from the from a, a unit that's been bad for years, and it could all go down down the drain. Yep, absolutely. It really scares me. All right, so special teams, get it together from Mark Echo, Paul Brettel. Any final thoughts ahead of the final preseason game and the final roster cutdowns? I know. I think we touched on pretty much everything. I'll just plug my article from Cheesehead TV on Friday. It was basically a brain dump, a lot of what we discussed and some extra things as well of – Uh, positional battles players to watch you name it i probably touched on it a little bit so check that out before the game today as well in addition to listening to us and make sure you're covered for me it's play smart and understand the goal that's the biggest thing play smart and understand the goal and that's a cultural thing that's something the coaching staff has to bring to these players from matt lafleur all the way down to mo drayton to the you know the quality control and and training staff Understand the goal and play smart. Do smart things. Be smart. Obviously, you can't do anything about injuries. They happen. But that's what I'm going to be looking for is, is this team primed? Do they understand what's in front of them to be what Mark said, which is one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL? So you got to take care of business. you got to win the games you're supposed to win. Don't come out stumbling, losing your first you know, two or three games. Now, they better not lose the second week because I'm going to be in the house. It's, a, it's the opener. And I don't want to see Jamal Williams running all over the Packers in this revenge tour that he's he's – going to be taken there at Lambeau Field in the opener so that's that's my biggest key and that's not something we'll see in the preseason game I think in the preseason game honestly for this game for me just come out healthy no injuries even though some of these guys might not be on the roster obviously from a personal level you don't ever, ever want to see anybody get hurt so just come out of it and be healthy as far as quick slants quick slants will be up on Monday I'll have a, a show on Monday we'll see what happens over the weekend and any buzz as we say regarding the roster and any other moves that they might make. And then I'll be back again on Thursday, breaking down my thoughts on the final roster. So guys, we'll see if we can add another country and the weather to our weather report next week. We got some work to do. We got to start recruiting and getting the word out there and seeing if we can get some more of the, I guess, Eastern Europe, Asia, some of those other countries. I I have some feelers out in South Africa. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, it's been another good one, gentlemen. Thank you, as always. Everybody, go get over and check out Mark's work over at Pack Report. Paul is at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. And I am over at Game On Wisconsin. Get over there and check out all of that great coverage. We will be back again next Saturday with more news, nuggets, and notes as the Packers start to officially prepare for the 2021 regular season and week one against the New Orleans Saints. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. As always, stay safe and go Pack Go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.